Welcome to the So Verve Lounge, a podcast for modern entrepreneurs that focuses on digital marketing ecosystems for small businesses. Join your host, CEO and marketing director, Stephanie Rubio, as she brings you marketing tips with a shot of Cafe Con Dulce. Good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me in this week's episode of the SoVerb Lounge. My name is Stephanie Rubio. I am the CEO and marketing director here at SoVerb Marketing Group. I am so excited to bring you today's interview. Uh, I have a, a power boss, okay, who is going to be sharing some insights on a topic that I just feel like it's time. And I feel like as we're getting deeper into quarter three and quarter four, this is the conversation that we all need to be having. So with me today is virtual COO and systems integrator, uh, Renee Janes-Reed. I practiced her name so many times today. Um, I just wanted to make sure I got it right. Um, As you all know, English is actually not my first language. So things like pronunciations, grammar, like the grammar police, y'all on Instagram with my copy, listen, if it's on my copywriter, getting it right. Um, if it, y'all know when it's me writing the copy, let's just put it that way. So today, um, I just kind of want to cover a lot of misconceptions with you, Renee, but first of all, I want to just say, welcome. Welcome. Hi. To- oh. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Stephanie. You're so welcome. And thank you for giving me that slow yes instead of that fast no to this interview. Um, It's just, I really (laughs) just want to have this convo so bad because I feel like there's there's a bubbling frustration um, as things continue to change Mm -hmm. from a marketing perspective for other agency owners like myself. But I want to get started first with a little bit of your background and a little Mm -hmm. bit of your story. Um, I've, you know, done my due diligence and and I've, you know, and I've uncovered just a a wealth of experience that you have um, that I feel like sets you apart in your industry. So I really want to get started with the educator in you. Okay. (laughs) What does that look like as a systems integrator and how does that all tie into why you became a virtual COO? Well, (laughs) great question. So I come from a a line of very um, confident working women. Um, So my grandmother and my mother were educators and it wasn't something like they were formally trained as teachers and what's interesting about that is that my mom was a teacher librarian. So I grew up in a house full of curiosity and books and education and learning. And it was always about figuring things out, figuring things out yourself. And as an only child, you really, and I grew up in the eighties, like was born in the seventies, but grew up in the eighties. That was the era of you figure shit out for yourself. It's okay to say that. Um, And I think that part of me um, just, in part came from, from her and from my, you know, my grandmother as well. And just always looking for how to help people do things, how to answer questions, how to be curious about solving problems for myself, or like really just diving in and being investigative about everything. So I was that kid that color coded their research projects, like went way over time when I did book reports and generally speaking, was always trying to find more information about everything. So 
that kind of spirit, I guess, is what led me to this mm-hmm. role, even though this was not the original role that I got into in terms of my business. And mm-hmm. I never thought I would be an entrepreneur, but it was certainly something that, you know, over the course of now, uh, you know, 25 year professional career in lots of things, education was always something that tied it together. So I ended up working in higher education for um, over 10 years, but there was always um, that little budding integrator, I guess, inside all the time. I was always thinking about how things should go and processes and people and how everything fits together. So for me, it's like the spirit of curiosity is what leads it like to me that's the heart of education it's not just telling people stuff but it's inspiring discovery and exploration and um and really figuring out new and cool ways to do stuff and experimenting and just like having that in the background makes everything just that much more interesting right absolutely no it does because here's the thing um for a lot of creatives so we have a we have a, a community of creatives here at Soberve. And I think it's important to identify once you're considering bringing in someone in this role, first of all, identifying yeah. why you need someone that is investigative, that is willing to deep dive into getting the, the answers to these questions, as opposed to this free spirit. Like my team knows. <laughs> Asana, okay, Asana Pro, I'm telling you. <laughs> My team understands like staff deadlines, okay? And it's yeah. difficult to, for a lot of us. It's difficult to meet the deadlines and to just be so set on goals and being goal oriented and objective. So when you're bringing on someone who's gonna gonna kind of hit the pause button and pump the brakes and say, listen, yeah. this is a plan and this is why... What's that, what yes. does that look like for you working with clients that are very creative and just free-spirited and flowing when you're someone who is very much, because I, I can see it, um, that you're very much here to like set this tone of <laughs> we're going... <laughs> We're going to be, yeah, we're going to be creative and I want you to do that as a CEO, but we're, let's pump the brakes and let's get to this. So what does that look like for you as a, as a virtual COO? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So um, I think the best term I can use to describe it is wrangling. So that's what one of my clients that we just, uh, we just offboarded, we had a great relationship for a few months on some project work that we did together and very, very, very creative mind. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a lot about wrangling, but I think that's what makes the relationship so helpful. When you share values and you share interests and their business is something that you feel proud to work in and you know they know why they hired you um, and want that kind of support and want that kind of accountability and wrangling, then it can be a very symbiotic relationship. And so for somebody like me who you know, I'm a very step-by-step person, but I know that's a value to someone. And I know that it's going to help them, you know, pursue their creative work that much, let's say easier. And I think, as you know, one of the things that I'm a real champion of is like a no burnout zone when it comes to your work. So very often what I do find happen too, is that 
folks that need to channel some of these, like this energy and ideas into something that does look more like a plan with deadlines so that we can actually get it done. We start to really think of your business as an ecosystem that's very holistic and that really does need to work um, hand in hand. And that when you, you know, skip deadlines and stuff, like sometimes it, it doesn't matter in your head or whatever, but it does affect team members or it does affect, you know, someone else down the line. So basically it's, we're here to enable you to do your best work and mm -hmm. to feel good about getting it done and to do that in a way that doesn't overwhelm you. Mm -hmm. And so that you don't take on 86 things right at once and realize that you can't do your best work because you've said yes to too many things or you're you know, you're behind on something and not ahead on the other. So a lot of the times folks will say, just tell me what to do. <laughs> right? Like just, just tell me what to do and check in. And we're not box checkers. Like integrators are not box checkers. We're mm -hmm. not there to just execute and not think about it. We're right. there to investigate and to look at the right thing. And is this working for you? Right. And if, for example, a sauna is not working for you, mm -hmm. like, then we figure out a different way to do things like mm. tech is great, but people process information really differently. We problem solve really differently. And my job when I work with folks is to figure out what way works for them mm. and like to build foundational pieces that support that. Right. So I, what drives me the most nuts, <laughs> not maybe the most nuts, but a little bit the most nuts is when, you know, folks will randomly say, what website platform should I use? What uh, like time tracker should I use? What, um, what scheduling system should I use? And there's all these answers that come in because of your own preferences. Those answers are gonna be really different. What I would say to someone would be really different depending on that actual individual and how they process and preferences and a whole bunch of other stuff. So that's why you do have to, like you said, slow down, right? It's the slow yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> and at what point, at what point, because that this is then that offset to that second question. Yeah. At what point do, do you recommend, do you say, okay, this individual and, and you identifying within, you know, your own marketing, how do you identify, okay, this person clearly needs me to come in and do a little <laughs> bit of a quality control in her business. At what point do we have to wait to have these massive teams? Do we have to wait to hit some income goal? Is this something that someone can come in right away within a year of starting a business? Like at what point do we have to wait for things to get really like in trouble for us to integrate this part of our business? Oh, that's another great question. So I, there's a lot of um, really, really successful entrepreneurs that'll say, oh, you don't need like a COO or you don't need, you know, somebody like me, like an integrator on your team. Like that's one of the final hires. That's a senior level, you know, um, which if you're hiring full time or something like that, like because your business is that expanded, mm -hmm. then I would tend to agree with that. This isn't going to be your first, like likely not your first full time hire. However, you can still benefit from working with an integrator depending on who they are and how they offer stuff mm -hmm. um, at different stages of your business. And I think the thing is like waiting until it gets real bad, <laughs> mm. right? It is more expensive 
And I want to work as much as everybody, but I, I really think this is important, especially if you're listening to this and you're, you're kind of starting out or you're emerging, you know, right. probably as a creative or something else is that it's more expensive to clean up than it is to do it right the first time. There you go. So there are like, it, it always is. I've, you know, I, there's a whole marketing thing that I could probably do for this business where I could go in and like mop up the mess kind of thing. And it's harder to extricate that and to try to go backwards and then rebuild it's possible. So I think the point is don't wait, like have conversations with, with people, but it's sometimes not the answer to just like, Oh, I just need someone to do this for me. That could very well be true. Right. But sometimes you really strategize and rethink it and you need to do that with someone or have them come in and give you some. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, I'm a firm believer in, you, you know, you set out with, with what your vision is. And if you have visions and, and this, this is not to say to be grandiose for no reason, but if what you want is you, you, you want to go into business feeling confident that what you're building is your legacy, what you're building is for long-term. So you have to plan for long-term, um, you know, I, I, you know, things like a bookkeeper, accountant, attorneys, you know, that, that kind of legal advice and legal help, whether it's contracts and uh, intakes, whatever. I just, I feel very, very comfortable letting people know, like, these are roles that you absolutely do not want to wait at all. No. And, um, and then I, I, I now, after five years. And as I continue to plan for a more expansive streams, I myself find like, okay, yeah. So there's ends that are super loose and we need to tie them up and I can't always be the one. Right. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I do adore about the setup in the service offerings that you have is this idea of that's super popular now, um, is this idea of a VIP day. Yeah. Now, would this be great for, you would say for someone to, to consider, okay, come in on a VIP and what, what, what made you want to, is this one of those things where it's like, you're, you kind of want to dip your toes into working with an integrator. Like, was that one of those things? Yeah, that was part of it. Like sometimes, um, sometimes people just have a big thing that they need to get sorted out. And those are the ideal structures to do it. And, and it's like a lot of service providers who do VIP days, like they'll talk to you for five minutes and they'll go off and do stuff and come back. And that's kind of the version of the VIP day, which is totally fine. Like whatever. Mm-hmm. Mine's pretty hardcore. So we, we hang out. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the thing is we're working on stuff together with your business. It is a co-working session. We're problem solving. And I ask a lot of questions and it's a little bit weird for people because they're like, I don't understand where this is going exactly. You're asking me all these questions, but that's because that's how my brain works. My brain integrates information and it processes information really quickly. And so when folks, like sometimes it's as a business owner, you just need to air it out there and you think it doesn't make sense because it doesn't make sense to you, which is (laughs) completely valid. That's why you called someone else up. Right. But it does, you know, make a lot of sense to the person receiving it if they're the right person. So Mm -hmm. that's where the real problem solving and honing something can can happen together. So Mm -hmm. I like to leave that very open, Mm -hmm. you know, 
um, in terms of what people can work through in a particular period of time, we can get a lot done in a day. Right. Right. Yeah. We I can know. set you up. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. So let's kind of switch the gears in terms of the, the service offerings. And now let's talk a little bit about how you have created your brand online um, and really nurtured it because for me, as a marketer, it's just natural, you know, I, I Google, I, I don't, I know a lot of people say start with social media, like, oh, I'm going to find um, a landscaper. I don't search for landscapers on Instagram, um, or even Facebook. I will Google, right? Yeah, same. <laughs> I don't know why people always say that they're like, oh, the, no, 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 we Google. So I do the same with, with a service provider, especially if it's going to be someone on my C-suite, which again, I want to mm. go back to, yes, we, we have remote team members and we have independent contractors, but they are, they still form part of your C-suite. Okay. I want to definitely kind of hone yes. in on that, right? We do yes. not have to be out at some corner office somewhere paying thousands of dollars in, um, some monthly rent. I mean, if you do, that's fantastic, but many yeah. of us are doing business from our home. So I am not going to look for this person always on Instagram. I'm probably yep. going to go for this person LinkedIn. And one of the things that I love and adored about your branding is it's so consistent. It's so consistent. Um, I feel like the messaging is on point. Okay. I mean, your logo alone, Ooh. like, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely for sure. And so what does that look like then now? Yeah. On social with all of these changes, because Google is fantastic. You listen, Google, Google Renee, and she's all over like Renee rising. She's all over Google. So she's good to go. She's three pages. <laughs> okay. You will have your receipts. You will have your <laughs> feedback testimonials. She's good to go. But what has this looked like from, for your marketing perspective and, and kind of like changes and pivots you've had to make? Yeah. Um, not only, I don't want to get just pandemic-y, okay? I want to go yeah. a little bit further back. So how has that growth been like for you in your marketing? Yeah, so what's really interesting is when I decided to become an entrepreneur, and that's a whole story in itself, um, I started out in wellness because mm -hmm. that was what helped me beat burnout. But the logo created by my partner, mm -hmm. um, who knows how to Photoshop, because I don't, <laughs> um, and the, like the fonts, like that part of the branding, the look, the warm colors, like the fire, the idea of the Phoenix and rising and like continuous evolution, mm -hmm. that's been completely consistent through the whole time. And that's where it started. So that was born several years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, but that's who I am. Yeah. So I might change a few things and tinker with stuff and change some fonts or whatever going forward. But generally speaking, it's still going to be warm colors. It's still going to be that idea of continuous evolution and exploration and feeling like we can reinvent when we feel like it, including mm -hmm. our businesses as well as ourselves. So I think that whole part of it is applicable in terms mm -hmm. of social media, Stephanie, love, hate relationship for sure. Yeah. So yeah for this particular iteration of the business, it's like really grown through referrals more than, you know, anything else, which I'm mm -hmm. extremely grateful for being able to be part of like smaller niche groups in my area and, you know, finding folks and recommending other folks. And you're just kind of in this nice little 
circle of wonderful service providers. I love that. Yeah. But it's like social is a place where I'm still meandering a little bit. <laughs> and as you said, like dipping my own toes, I have a wonderful client of mine who does social and she helps me with my social, which mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for. Cause otherwise I'd never post. <laughs> um, but like that really helps. So similar to where folks would hire an integrator, I realized like this was a pain point for me and I needed some help. And now mm -hmm. it's easier, which means I can show up and have that branding be more consistent as I go. But right. it's really important for me that if we're doing this interview, <laughs> mm -hmm. I sound like the person on social and on the website. And when yeah. we met in person for a coffee, right? So that yeah. is like... <laughs> I don't want to turn into a whole other human being mm -hmm. because especially as an integrator, mm -hmm. this is the way we put it. Like I see in your underwear drawer as mm. a business owner, and we have some heavy conversations right. and right. you can't do that without feeling like you don't have to be best pals. You're going to find a lot of differences in styles, mm -hmm. but you need to be able to like get the other person. Absolutely. So they got to see it. <laughs> yeah. And that only comes through in brand messaging, in your copy. Um, this is something that our copywriter, I mean, she is yeah. huge with. So then now let's dip into 2020. Okay. And what that looked like for you. Now, for many of us, because we were remote, it, it, were, it was wonderful and, and fantastic. And I think business yeah. boomed for many of us and in, in, a, in a great way. Um, but kind of like, what does that, what does that look like for you then at that point? Um, what did that do to your possibly mental health? Um, how did you kind of navigate that as an entrepreneur and then still having to show up online and still having to post because we still have to be active and all those things. What was that for you like? Yeah. So it's a great question because it's really when the iteration of this business was born. And so I was working full-time like I, I went through a lot of weird shifts in this business for the first few years. And I was still working full-time in career development and education, right? I was an educator mm -hmm. um, and doing this part-time and really just trying to figure stuff out. So I didn't have a whole lot of pressure on myself, but I knew that I wanted to go full-time pretty soon. And I knew that pandemic or no pandemic, it was going to happen on online no matter what. Right. But I think that actually being home, like having to work from home then mm -hmm. and getting me here was like, I don't want to be in an office. Like, I don't want to do this all the time. I love the nice people I was working with. So shout mm -hmm. out to them. But like, mm -hmm. I wanted to set my own tone and my mental health was so much better mm -hmm. when I could get outside and go for a walk when I needed to and manage my own time a little bit more than I could in an office situation. Right. right? right, right. And so from a, a well-being standpoint, I practice what I preach. I feel very discombobulated and out of alignment when I don't. Okay. Um, and I don't like feeling that way. And so for me, the flexibility to show up the best that I can for myself and my family, particularly, mm -hmm. was like the real key. The other half of that is that my parents are aging. And so it's important to me to be able to like have 
more of that flexibility to be able to spend time with them, et cetera. And mm -hmm. so I think if anything, the pandemic being at home and having to juggle all the things and being beholden to a bunch of schedules that weren't mine were really fueled the transition. Mm -hmm. And the other side of it was that I had a client that I was like, was, was amazing that I was working with. And, you know, we did a market research call and she asked me to do a project and that was related to finding a new person on her team. And at the end of that, this position of integrator emerged and I looked at it and I was like, well, that's what I do. <laughs> yeah. And it just felt like it was kind of a chance, a fortuitous chance, but that shift happened when it was almost like I needed a tap on the shoulder that said, remember this stuff that you know about, you can go talk about this. Like it just felt so easy and so natural. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, it got easier. Everything got easier. Um, so the showing up part, the going, even going through the pandemic and just being very resolute about my time to end that contract and go full time. So the business is something that I've done as a business for a short period, but as a career, yeah. literally now decades, I'm like in that era. I love it. And I love that. Um, and I think that the, the wealth of knowledge that you're bringing to the table from, having sort of like, and I, and I kind of do tend to myself love team members who had that corporate ish experience. Cause it's again, you know, you have to, you just have to be very self-aware. Okay. Sometimes yeah. you can't yeah. have two of the same on a team. Um, and I just feel like this particular role, okay. Anyone that's listening, um, if you are a creative like me and, and a creator and, and just super whimsy all the time, it's such a struggle. Um, you, I can't imagine hiring a COO that's like you. <laughs> like, you know what? Let's just go for coffee. You know, the deadlines. Who cares? Like, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> You can you have the coffee, but they're going to be like, yeah, but we have to do this thing. So. <laughs> or, or, you know what? You go get the coffees. <laughs> um, no, absolutely. So now I want to kind of chat about the continuous education. Yeah. What, um, what are your thoughts on someone that's coming in and saying, you know what? I really love this idea. Now we hear a lot, the term of system strategist. Yeah and systems, um, this and this and this. Um, but the, the role of virtual CEO is a little bit different. Now you're obviously you're, you know, you're adding the systems integrator in there. Now for someone that wants to come in the, the, the business and in the industry, um, and says, Hey, I really like this. I really want to consider doing this myself. What are, what would you recommend to this person as not only from an educational standpoint, but also from a, just an application standpoint? Yeah. Wow. So when I think of systems, I do not think just tech and automation. So that is really like for me. So some folks don't. So if they do systems and tech or system strategists or something, they often mm -hmm. are really looking at that. And that's great. So mm -hmm. my niche, it sounds weird. Okay. Cause you're in marketing. So it's, you're probably going to be like, no, Renee, that's not a niche, but <laughs> it isn't being a generalist in that I, I, I consider it operationally. So I consider right. your operational system as a whole which means that there's lots of other little systems that support that. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about it, I look at it very holistically. So we look at the system that's gonna help you 
find clients or market or like sales and all that, like that's one thing, but there's the delivery, there's the service delivery. That's another piece. So when people are thinking integrator sounds cool, you need to think like a generalist mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit and mm-hmm. yet be a specialist in problem solving and strategizing and being able to um, investigate and find the best solutions for that person. So mm-hmm. part of like the reason that I'm able to do that is yes, the long history, but um, I think it's because when folks coming in aren't curious or want to just learn one thing or they're listening to every single guru that says just pick one tiny little piece that's not going to make you a very good integrator if you're at the beginning of your career so i got an mba i got an mba when i was like in my mid-30s i had been working for 15 years before i got i don't know when i got it i lost track Mm -hmm. but like you know that was that is what I would give advice to folks that are looking at this is don't expect it to be something that you do out of the gate. Start doing some stuff for some people, do some projects, figure out where you like to work, help folks with the things. Mm -hmm. Like if you like systems and tech, look at that, but be strategic about it. Ask yourself, is this the best way to help this person? Am I just executing what they're asking or can I help optimize? Right. Right. How can I always, you know, um, create solutions or make things better for people. Yeah. And And I think you, yeah, sorry. The business as a whole, right? Yeah. yeah. I think you hit the nail in the head because I feel like, again, for, for us as entrepreneurs looking to hire different roles within our business, I think it's important to identify what definition are people using for a lot of these things? Because I feel like it's, it's very confusing. What it, <laughs> it is, you know, what is a branding consultant and what is a branding strategist? What's the difference between that and a marketing consultant and strategist? It's totally. so diluted, especially on the, you know, on the online space. And so I think it's important to understand now I'm coming in and, and I'm assuming you're touching base on financials too with, yep. with your, uh, with your clients again, as much as they want to. Yeah. Again. So, because I mean, a CEO to me should have at least access to a balance sheet. I mean, that's just me though. Okay. Yep. But you know, these are things that, um, that if you're bringing in a, like, like a system strategist for a course creator that wants, you know, to deal with techie things, they're not going to require those things because that's not their role. So I think, I think it just goes down to, um, identifying not only what you want to do, but also identifying what, what some of these definitions really mean in the online space and kind of go from there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause I, I look at this, like I put this name on, you could pick your, you know, pick your title or whatever, but it was definitely, there's, to me, there's a, a difference between an online business manager and me. Hmm. Um, and I'm not a certified online business manager because I don't have to be one. There you go. There you <laughs> I, go. I do this, I've done it and I've got my backup. So I'm good. I don't have to go get another sheet of paper to do that. There's nothing wrong with it. But I mean, a lot of this is like built up over a long period of time. And so mm-hmm when I talk to people about what I can do, I'm confident about that. Mm. Um, but for new people coming in, it's really confusing for business owners trying to hire people. It's really confusing. And like, like you said, a lot of times, 
like I'm will work with someone and maybe this is where there's this misconception that you need to hire someone forever and ever, or they'll be on your team for forever and ever. They very well might be if you're looking for an integrator that's going to be part of, like you said, your C-suite, right? Mm -hmm. That's one Mm -hmm. type. Another type is that we can work together for 90 days and we can get a whole bunch of stuff accomplished for you so that you can go off and do that with like a smaller, more like a leaner team. Yes. Yeah, right. So yeah. there's different places and stages for you to bring in mm. somebody in this role. Yeah. And as like anybody aspiring to it, same. Yeah. It's not one way. Yeah. And I do love so much the, the, that you, that you mentioned uh, the, the OBM role, because mm. it does kind of, I know, I know some of our, our community members will, will want to identify it as that, and it's not. So thank you for pointing that out as well. So I want to wrap it up um, with a question that I ask all of my interviewees is um, looking back, let's look back. Um, Now you've mentioned, you know, you mentioned that, you know, kind of how this kind of evolved and, and, and the, you know, the newest stage of your business, but let's go back five years, just five years. You know, we don't have to go back that long, just five years ago. Okay. Um, you, your business is booming. I know you're super successful and own, I mean, listen, you're only growing from here. So knowing now through those, those little bumps in the road that we all hit and uh, <laughs> so many, so many, um, looking back now, what would you say to Renee? What would you, what would you tell her now um, that would impact Kind of like the outcome a little bit in a different way. What would you tell her? Um, what advice? What would you say to her? Listen to your husband more. Uh, <laughs> which that's okay. But like, I I think I did things out of order. So first of all, stay the course and stay consistent and keep figuring it out. You mm-hmm. don't have to figure it all out right away. Yeah. If something isn't working, that's okay. You can do something different than what everybody else says. Mm -hmm. So just because a whole bunch of people say, this is what you should do, doesn't mean that it's right for you. And I spent a lot of time struggling against that instead of just feeling confident to go ahead. So I would tell myself to go ahead Mm -hmm. Um, and that it's possible and that you can find models if you look for them of people doing it differently. Um, But the listen to your husband more piece is that he had a lot of really great insight to offer because he is in marketing and communications. And I was like, well, you don't really understand anything about like online stuff though. And I missed some fundamentals there at the beginning that could have been really valuable and don't go too fast is the last one. I invested like with some really great people early, but not necessarily in the right order. <laughs> and I accelerated wave like I could have saved myself a big chunk of change (laughs) and invested that a little bit differently. So it would just be like, you know, get some of the more fundamental pieces figured out, explore what you don't know and really take your time with that. Mm -hmm. I I've said this before in interviews, but I will say that I feel like I did things out of order, but if I had done it in the order that I think they should have been done in, I probably would have said, I thought they did them in the wrong order too. So 
I don't really know. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. Well, Renee, thank you so much for speaking to our audience for bringing to light this fantastic, just not only business, but just your role. Um, You know, as a marketer, I just want deeply desire (laughs) my community to start wearing the hats of, of CEOs proudly, yes. whether you have a business you're operating at out of your garage, you know, we look at women like Erin Condren, who, who started a planner business out of her garage. Okay. Right. Um, from the nook of your, of your kitchen nook. I mean, wherever you may be, you do not have to wait, like do not wait to build your team, your, your C-suite, your, you know, whether it's coaches, consultants, I mean, I just, just wear the hat proudly. And, um, and I thank you so much because I think you are, you may be the only virtual COO in my community, which is fantastic. Um, <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello everyone. So yeah, so I'm really excited, um, for them to you meet you, get to know you, get to know your business and just, uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for having me. So during the recording of our episode with Renee, we had some technical difficulties arise with Zoom and some connectivity issues with Wi-Fi and internet. So I want to say thank you so much to Renee for being on the podcast. And I want to ask you to please check out all of Renee's links that you can find in the show notes. Thank you so much, Renee, for being on the show. And thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Suburb Lounge. If you have any questions, as always, you can email us at hello at suburb.com or reach us via DM on Instagram at underscore S-O-V-E-R-V-E for more information. Thank you and we'll see you next week. Bye.